This podcast is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Visit them at titosvodka.com. How long have you been divorced? I would say maybe about five, six years. And how long were you married? Okay, so we were married for five years. We got married in 2009. Mm -hmm. And then we started divorce proceedings in 2014, which was like the longest process ever when you have kids. Okay. And so why do you think you divorced? Why did you want a divorce? I didn't see us growing together. Okay. We were growing. We were just growing in separate ways. Okay. Whereas for me, being a mother changed my whole perspective on life. And for him, it did nothing. So what does that mean? Was he still like... Um, Well, at the time, after uh, we had been married and I got pregnant, we had our son. And then I got laid off from my job. Mm-hmm. So his thing was, you could be a stay-at-home mom, which was fine with me, but I still had income coming in. Um, and I breastfed, so I was up all day, all night. And he's a chef, so he had to be at work, you know, by 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So not only am I up all night, but I'm up all day. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where I started forgetting about myself. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when he came in from work, he wanted to bring the crew over. He wanted to play PlayStation. He mm-hmm. wants to do everything but... Step in. Step in and help out, you know? And then it became, um, it would start off with arguing. We went from arguing to fighting. It got physical. Mm. And I'm competitive, so I'm not losing by any means necessary. We don't, it's not going to be a long fight, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it got to a point where I can't raise no kid in this. Mm -hmm. So you got to go. This is very personal work for me. Politics. Politics. I believe I was called to. Tell my story, use my voice, be a voice for the community, to speak to and for a community of people that's been ignored, denied, love, love, relationships, religion. This is my life's work. Religion, religion. I want to use words to uplift, heal, inspire, encourage. Do something different. Good day, thinkers, thought leaders, progressives, and dreamers. I'm Craig the Writer Stewart, and this is so much to say. These are my thoughts in my voice on black shit, white shit, gay shit, and everything in between. So today we are talking about divorce. So was it a mutual decision to divorce, or were you the one that said I was the one. Like he did not want to sign any divorce papers. But I went online. I printed them out. My sister-in-law was a notary. I had her notarized things. Like, I did everything myself. You signed his name? No, no, no. You can still get divorced if they contest it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't need a signature. Do you think you will get married again? I can't say I ever really saw marriage in my future. I was one really? of those people. I wanted money. I wanted two dogs. And I wanted a nice house. Mm-hmm. Marriage and kids, I never saw that. Like, in high school, we, my friends would talk about being married. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the dogs that I want and what cities I want to move to. Really? But now you have a kid, so... I, I do. That's a plot twist. Right. Yeah, it is... Um, it has its moments. It, I have good days. I have bad days. So do you think that you don't want to get married again or you don't foresee being married again because perhaps that last experience traumatized you? No, I just don't see like I don't see it for myself. My okay. son wants it for me. Uh-huh. I just don't see it. And, and how old is your son? He will be eight on Saturday. Okay. But I feel like I've tried dating. And the dating pool in my age is like murky swamp water. What does that mean? <laughs> it's just, you can't see through it. It's gucky. It's muddy. It's all kind of 
stuff just in there and mm. you can't really get to the clean part. So how did you and your ex-husband meet? <laughs> it was Mother's Day weekend uh-huh. in 2008, I think. And uh, we were both at Kroger. I was headed to a Mother's Day party. Even though I didn't have a kid, it was going to be food and liquor. Mm-hmm. And I was doing grocery shopping, and he was picking up stuff. He was cooking his mother dinner, and he had bought her, like, some perfume. And I had, like, a whole cart full of stuff, and he mm-hmm. let me cut in front of him. Mm-hmm. And after um, I checked out, he walked me to my car. He loaded up my groceries. So was he talking to you in the line? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he asked me for my number. And then we went on a date later on that week. So where did the relationship change? I think because let me ask this. Do you think that it changed? Were, were there subtle changes before you had your son and the whole PlayStation thing happened? Were there changes prior to that? Well, I don't think that the PlayStation issue, like the games and stuff, that wasn't a big thing for me mm-hmm. because we 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 both didn't have any real responsibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, your friends would come over. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. And then um, he asked me to marry him at least three times before I actually said yes. Mm-hmm. And even after I got pregnant, I won't. I can't even say that we got married for love. I think we both kind of wanted to do the right thing by each other mm. and by our family. So when he asked you to get married the first time, had was your son born? No. Okay. So you don't think that he wanted to get married because he wanted to get married? I mean, he could have, but that's not what I wanted. But that's not what you wanted. Yeah. So why do you think you acquiesced? Why do you think you decided, okay, yes, let's get married? Because once I was pregnant, I kind of wanted that family center. Mm-hmm. And I know that you don't have to be married to be a family, mm-hmm. but it would make things easier. Mm-hmm. Um, my insurance was better all the way around. Um so I said, why not? Let's go So ahead. for security. Was yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I always think about this with women. Do you feel the pressure to marry the first man that proposes? Had you been proposed to before? I had. But I, I never wanted it, so it was never. Right. And I think part of that was because I had never seen too many successful relationships, mm-hmm. especially in black families. It's all good until, what is it, that, that seven-year curse, mm-hmm. and then it starts to decline. So mm-hmm. I had never seen it. And even my own parents, my parents, had, they were married. They got divorced. And then my mother remarried again. Now, that was a, a wonderful marriage. I had never seen them argue. Mm-hmm. They were kind of like Cliff and Claire Huxville with a little more wine and, and vodka involved. You know? Well, how, how old were you when your parents divorced? Um, I could, it had to be, I was maybe in middle school, but by the time I was in kindergarten, my actual father had moved. He had moved at the house. My mom had to put her foot down and say, it's either your family or your friends. Mm -hmm. And he chose his friends and she moved on. And when she remarried, how old were you? I was about 14. Okay. So for a good portion of your life, you, you actually got to witness Marriage And even before they were married, like they had uh, dated a while, uh, my mom and my stepdad, and I actually introduced them. Mm-hmm. And um, I told her, like, I don't want you to be old and alone. I want you to find somebody and be happy. So it sounds like what your son is doing now with yeah, you. Yeah, except my stepdad is an amazing man. I have yet to find that not even a fourth of his awesomeness. But do you think that you're going to find that? Is I, that is that the goal? Is it that you're... Is it that you're putting up these guys that you meet up against him, comparing them? Um, Absolutely, Mm -hmm. because I see um, 
what they what they had, what they went through, even how they handled their issues. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I never saw them argue. What they would do every night, they have their quote-unquote wine time. They pour their glasses, they put on their music, and they sit and they talk about the woes of the day. They talk mm-hmm. about the highs of the day. And that's what they did every night before they went to bed for 21 plus years. And I mean, it was, that's what I saw. My mom ended up, he didn't, he told her, you don't have to work. So she retired early. She made a hobby out of shopping. And, you know, he does his thing. Every Friday, he plays cards. She cooks for the card players. They're in the basement. She comes upstairs and goes about her business. What qualities are you looking for that you find difficult, uh, that, that you're finding it difficult to One is to ambition. Get. Okay. I see so many guys, and I see the potential in them, but I can't make you act upon that because what good is your hope when their hope exactly. is to be who they are exactly you can't you can't want something for somebody else who doesn't want it for themselves right. and then you know it would come to a point where I'm nagging like you know why don't you do this this is what you've been talking about doing this is how you get there these are the steps that you take but I can't force you to do it mm-hmm. um, I need somebody who's going to be a good role model I'm raising a son mm-hmm. I can't have you laying on the couch every day just playing PlayStation well where are you meeting these people tried a little bit of everything most recently i had some friends they set me up a profile on tinder Mm. Mm, exactly that's where they whore well apparently tinder was supposed to be better than plenty of fish i have met guys just out and about at the gas station and Mm -hmm. i'm told gas stations are like not the good place like i've been out and about i think i'm a fairly decent woman and i just i don't know so you haven't put yourself in a place to meet a different caliber of man is what I'm hearing you but say. But where beloved. do I go? I've gone to church. I've gone to clubs. Child, you I've know, church, they just as scandalous. Very much As so. anywhere else, you know. Cause, but well, I was going to church more so for me, and I just happened to meet a guy there. But it's... So you've never, like, taken yourself to dinner at, like, a nice five-star restaurant. You go alone. You're done up. You don't... I haven't, no. Okay. You need to go post up at a nice restaurant a nice restaurant bar or go to a nice Four Seasons hotel or Mandarin hotel. Well, I did go to, what is it, the La Meridian? La Meridian. La Meridian. I went there. I did meet a guy, but it was just... Not to say that it's absolutely going to happen, but what I'm saying is you have to put yourself in a different space, in a different place. But you need to be, you need to go to a nice restaurant with a tablecloth. (laughs) Not the placemats. Kit Go to a nice restaurant with a tablecloth, okay. and you go by yourself. You don't take your girlfriends. You Got go it. alone. Got it. You go to a little happy hour by yourself. You start your first drink, and you know, hopefully you'll meet a nice yes. Hopefully okay. you meet a nice gentleman who will come and purchase you your next drink, and you you know you talk. But the the, the likelihood of meeting a different caliber is greater because in that type of an environment. Hopefully they have a job because, you know, they're they're in that space, mm-hmm. you know. I, but then it's like, I mean, there are other things. There are, I think that conversation is a lost art. Yeah. Everybody wants to text you all day. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you. I want to see how I react to your voice. I want to mm-hmm. hear your laugh. Mm-hmm. Because LOL just doesn't do it. Right. And most guys now, they don't know how to converse with it. Yeah, you need to hear the inflections yes. in a person's voice. Because you can't. I can't read your tone in a text message. Right. And then when you do talk to them, sex is always the first thing that they bring up. And that is such a turn off. Yeah. So your divorce, would you say that it traumatized you in any way? Like the process of it? 
No, the process to me was seamless. Mm-hmm. It was the other stuff. Um, because when you have a child and in Georgia, you have to go through these parenting classes. Okay. Um, towards the end, he and I, we were kind of able to come together and uh, I didn't want anything from him. He didn't want anything from me. Mm-hmm. And But in the state of Georgia, they're like, well, he has to be put on child support. And okay. I said, well, why do I want him on child support? I don't need him on child support. Wow. But they want you to put it. So I said, well, let's put it at $2. Like, he can pay $2. Because they, they so he pay. literally pays $2 a month? He don't pay that sometimes. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. But I Do you regret that? No. Really? Mm-mm. We do just... Five. So does he t- send money to take care of him, or does he do things? On like- occasions. Um, his job schedule is really crazy, and he works like six days a week. Um, does he have a relationship with your son? They do. It's not what I want, but it's uh-huh. not about me. They have a relationship. They text each other. They call each other. Uh-huh. They play video games with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and see, I think that part of what happens with women and this is not a judgment on what you chose because you chose what you thought was best for you. But I think that part of the reason that some states require it is because at least there's a standard and there's something in place and the man has to at least adhere to this. Right. Like you can't just become lax and just not do anything. Like we have to have it on paper. It's kind of like, just to give a metaphor, it's just kind of like a, uh, a prenup agreement. Right. A lot of times people say, well, no, a prenup is... Is is you're 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 assuming that the relationship is not going to work. You're you're anticipating that it's going to fail. No, that's not why you do a prenup. You do a prenup while you're still getting along, so that in the event we decide that we no longer want to be married, we've already decided things while we're fair, while we have the capacity to be fair. Because I'm not upset with you, and you're not upset with me. So it's like a an agreement that takes place ahead of time while there's love in the air. Right. So it's the same thing with, like, in this case, so that he can't be trifling and not even send $2 a month, we're going to go ahead and put this on paper. And I feel like, and I guess this is my frame of thinking, I don't need anything from you. Anything you send, because I've always operated, even when we split up, is that he doesn't exist. That way I don't become too dependent on anything because he may hit hard times. Correct. And he might not be able to send it. And anything that he does send, I appreciate it. It's extra, but I don't need it. Correct. But, <laughs> and however, <laughs> let me help you, beloved. This isn't about you needing him. This is about his responsibility to his child. Right. So even if you didn't use the money, if the money was put in a trust so that when this little boy is 17 and if he decides to go away to college he doesn't have to beg borrow alone or or apply for scholarship or put any type of hardship on you because you don't know where you'll be in 10 years when he's ready to go to college or even if he decides not to go to college that money that the father could have been sending in a trust he could use to start a business or travel the world to find himself you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like those are the kinds of things that I think we have to start thinking of, when I say we, I'm talking about people of color, we have to start thinking about those kinds of situations because I think a lot of women, and in particular, uh, a lot of black women are the breadwinners in our family, and they have that same, well, I don't need anything from him. Girl, it's not about you, though. Mm -hmm. It's about you taking that money and putting it in a trust for this child so that later on, when he's ready to do whatever, whenever he's ready to start his life, that money is there. Well, he has an account. He has a, a, a children's savings account mm-hmm. that he has had um, since 
maybe he's like a couple days old. And see, the father could be putting into that. He could. But that I could, make sure to contribute right. whatever I have. His right. grandmother does it. And for birthdays and things, I try to tell people he don't need a whole bunch of toys. Mm-hmm. He got tons of toys. Mm-hmm. Put money in his account. Because mm-hmm. see, when my parents divorced, my mom was smart enough to have it put in the divorce papers that he had to send child support until I turned 22. Either I graduated college or I turned 22, whichever came first. And so I turned 22 the same year that I graduated college. So my my child support ended then. But when I turned 18, Mm -hmm. oh, my father was ready to stop the child support. He was like, oh, he called my mom and was like, okay, look, Craig turns 18, May 4th. (laughs) That's going to be my last check. And Gladys was like, no, baby, you better go and look at them, those divorce papers. Because on page seven, <laughs> clause number three, it says you have to send this money until he's 22 years old or he graduates college, whichever comes first. Right. And um, But but he was ready to, to stop. Call it quits. Yeah, he yeah. was ready to call it quits. And she said, oh, uh-uh. I don't understand why so many men have a stigma about child support yeah like and I, I see all these different posts about um, how if you well like if the woman chooses to spend the money on her nails mm-hmm. you know and I think stuff like that bothers me because I feel like I've already taken care of everything right he's the first my first responsibility right. so if I want to take your money and go get my nails done because right. I couldn't do it with my own right then that's exactly what exactly because I've spent my money raising our son. And then I think that what a lot of men don't think about is they forget that the mother is there every single day. And there are things that come up that they pay for throughout the day, whether it's an ice cream mm-hmm. or it's a movie. Because doctor's ticket. appointments take copay. Exactly. And then you drive in your car everywhere, mm-hmm. drop them off at school, doctor's You know what I mean? So it's those unforeseen expenses or, or those unaccounted for expenses, you know? I think if I could have anything else, not even so much as money, I just wish he would do more time. Exactly. Um, like, I try to do whatever events he has coming up, whether it's in school, he does jujitsu three times a week, that's not too far, go visit him. Mm-hmm. Here are the hours. I'll even take you home if you, you know, right. you want to walk after work over there. I'll take you home. That's the one thing that I want. It's right. more time. Mm-hmm. And I get it, they spend time sometimes, but I'm always the one initiating. Right. The right, right. And I, I, it bothers me when I see you. You want him to be more proactive. Yeah, I see you on Instagram. You living the life. You living it up. Mm-hmm. You know, you out to eat. You're buying shoes. And in my head, I'm thinking, your son eats. He eats a lot. Your son needs some shoes. He's growing. I'm surprised uh, he hasn't blocked you on Instagram. <laughs> That's because I, I saved my comments off of social media. Oh, okay. And then I well, just texted it like, that's well, good. you do know that, you know. Right. But I can't force you to be the kind of father that I want you to be. But it bothers me that um, it's so many guys who grew up in single-parent homes to turn around and do it all again to their own Yeah, kids. yeah. And it's almost cyclical. It's it al- is. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I don't even know if... Many men that do that, I don't even know if they're aware that they're basically um, continuing the cycle. Uh, pathology, yeah. yeah. And I, I use, I ask guys that, like, well, you grew up in a single parent household with your mom doing this, and you saw how she struggled. Why would you put your baby mama through that? Mm-hmm. And then it's always, was she crazy? She this, and I wonder too. You know, and I know marriage is not the key to everything, but when you, I see couples that's been together 10, 12, 13 years, mm-hmm. well, why not get married? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you you put up with X, Y, and Z this long. Why is she still not the one? Right. That you would actually commit to. Right. What did that day look like when you first told him that you wanted a divorce, and how did you say it? 
Um, we had been separated. So for, you had moved uh, out? No, I put him out. Oh. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. This is my home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and even then, when I put him out, I helped him find a new spot. I helped him decorate and everything. Because I, I still wanted us to be able to be friends. We, mm-hmm. we got to deal with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he got a girlfriend who, for some reason, felt like she wanted to insert herself into our whatever we had going on. How did you feel about him having a girlfriend? I was okay with the girlfriend. But my thing is... Make sure she the one before you start introducing her to him because right. she didn't last long. And there was another one that we got introduced to and she didn't last long. And it's been a cycle. And the mm-hmm. one girlfriend that he had who I absolutely adored, I knew he was going to mess that up and he did. Mm-hmm. Although she still calls. She calls to check on my son. Mm-hmm. and But it, I get that's what I don't like. Mm-hmm. He don't need to see... This uh, yeah, this inconsistency. Right, the turnaround and all of these mm-hmm. different women. Mm-hmm. So revolving door. Exactly, and that was my thing. But the girl um, at this point, she, he, they came over to my house and we were outside in the parking lot, and he wouldn't get out the car and talk to me, because I, I was like, well, are we gonna do sign these divorce papers? He would not get out the car and talk to me. So she got out the car, and I said, well. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to you. You have nothing to do with us. You weren't there when we made our baby. You weren't there when we said I do. So you and I don't need to have this conversation. So um, she started raising her voice and getting loud. And I said, you know what? I'm going to end this because I got my nephews in the house, my baby in the house. And I don't feel like going to jail tonight. Mm -hmm. And so I said, "Would would you please take these papers to him and have him sign it? That's all I need him to do. She takes the papers she rips them up. She hops in the car and pulls off like I just threatened her. So why do you think she wouldn't encourage him to sign it if they were together? I have no idea. I think it's mental illness because I don't understand. If this guy is somebody you dating, and I'm not a I'm not a rah-rah that's getting on. I want this to be seamless. I want you out of my hair, and mm-hmm. I want to be able to move on with life. But I, And I didn't understand why he didn't check her about it and mm-hmm. why she not wanting us. She kept, like, then she would call and try to get us back together. Like, I think she was just mentally ill. It's interesting that you bring up that point because Jada Pinkett has this show called Red Table Talk. Have you seen it? I have. And the very first episode... She sat down with Will Smith's first wife. It was their first come to Jesus conversation where they talked about that whole transition. And Jada actually said that she inserted herself, or actually Sheree said, you were inserting yourself in things that had nothing to do with you. And Jada admitted and said that I was very insensitive when I think back on it, because in my mind, she was saying that the divorce had happened. So, okay, that was the time stamp. That was the marker to say, okay, that was the finality of that. Now it's time for us to move on. She said, but there are still feelings. There are leftover feelings that residual feelings that are still that carry over because you're still trying to organize. You're trying to reorganize your life Mm -hmm. and figure out how to move forward. We now live in separate homes. We we have to figure out now how to co-parent. And now Will has this new girlfriend, Jada. You know, and so trying to figure out how to do all of that. And Jada said that Will had to get her together. He said, she said, listen, you do not get into this. This has nothing to do with you. And I think that a lot of times when people get involved with someone, 
in particular, in this conversation, we're talking about divorce, but in particular, when people get a divorce and they're getting involved with someone new, oftentimes the new person is so anxious for the divorcee to move on and to prove to them that they've moved on so they can feel comfortable in this situation with this newly divorced person. They want to, they want to try to help manage it. They want to try to help cut it off and try to define the lines. But those two people have to figure that out. And you have to step back and wait. And if that means you step back and wait for this relationship to begin, then so be it. But you need to let them figure out. I think in situations like that, to me, it seems like it's a competition. Mm -hmm. These new women think that they are in competition with the old woman. And at, at the point that I feel like a couple is, not all couples, but some are at that divorce the old person, they don't want them no more. They want y'all to go off, be mm-hmm. happy, ride off into the sunset. But the the logistics and things need to right. be taken care of. Right. And I think a lot of times the new person doesn't give enough. They aren't patient enough mm-hmm. while those people figure out the logistics. Right. Um, and, of course, we have instances where there are people who are getting a divorce and they don't like to see to see the new person coming along because right. perhaps they may not have wanted the divorce. Right. You know what I'm saying? It may have been a one sided thing. But in the case of Will and his first wife, she actually wanted the divorce, according to that conversation. I never knew that. Yeah, that she was, was the one who wanted the divorce. But there was this friction between her and Jada. It was almost like this friction was there just because it was there. You know what I mean? But. According to that conversation, it was because Jada had so much to say about their son and how certain things should have been handled. And it was like, well, girl, first of all, we, we've been handling this long before you came into the picture. You right. shouldn't even have anything to say about any of this. Right. And I think, too, especially during a divorce, the families always take sides. Yeah. And even if they see the wrong, mm-hmm. they're not going to admit to it. So, what was your relationship like with his family before? Um, it, oh, it was rocky. It was very rocky because uh, we, his mother and I, we kind of had words um, because they had and his cut. So they're they're Caribbean, mm-hmm. and uh, what island are they from? Saint Martin. Okay. Um, and it was we got into words due to the fact that they didn't think that sitting behind a desk was hard work. Meaning your work. Yes. And I took offense to that. And my mother took offense to that. So when did this... This was while I was pregnant. Okay. Because, uh, like, he and I, after we were married, you know, he was complaining about, you don't want to do anything, and you don't do this anymore. And my pregnancy was tough. Mm-hmm. I was tired. I, I was not a cute, glowy, pregnant person mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I looked like a troll. I didn't. My feet stayed swollen. Like I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, his family would come over, which I didn't have a problem with. Mm-hmm. But they would try to talk about me like I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And uh, one night, his cousin, um, her girlfriend, and I, we went out after I had my son. And, you know, we were drinking and talking and she started telling me like some of the things that she knew about me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, how do you know this about me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, she starts telling it all because, you know, liquor is that truth serum. Right. And um, so she's telling you things she didn't heard through the family. Yeah. Breakdown. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't think I was good enough. And um, he married this American woman and she don't do anything. And well, 
he a chef. He likes to cook, so he would cook all the time. I mm-hmm. have zero problems with that because I eat all the time, mm-hmm. so it was match made right there. But it would just be the petty stuff. Right. And then uh, I remember I called my mom because I thought in my head I was being the bigger person. Mm-hmm. I didn't want any drama. This is his family. And my mother does not. She did not cuss. But she said, you a damn fool. There's no way in hell you're going to let these women in your house to talk shit about you in your house and you don't say nothing. She said, I done raised a lot of things, but I didn't think I raised no damn fool. I need you to get them people together before I come down there. And, like, that was kind of like my wake-up call because my mama cussing and just saying it like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let me gather all these people up. Because she's like, that's not being mature. That's letting people walk all over you mm-hmm. and you give them them permission to. Mm-hmm. And the house that you pay rent in, the house that you've built with this man, whether mm-hmm. they think you good enough or not, he chose you. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Um, we had our issues and I, I politely let them have it and then after we after I filed for divorce of course there was more stuff because between that time we had fights the police were called mm. um, and of course it was always my fault it wasn't until maybe a year or two from their perspective it was always your fault it, from their perspective it was always mm-hmm. my fault you know um, then after a while maybe about a year or two um, while we were still in divorce proceedings, they started to see it wasn't me. I wasn't making this stuff up. Like it, they would come over, it would be holes in the wall from him punching the walls. There would be uh, broken glass on the floor. Um, like there was one moment in particular that I knew that I had had just about enough. Well, I had knew I had had enough. I had my nephews down for the summer, and my son was still in the walker, and. Um, my nephews were playing a video game, and my my youngest nephew had his legs over the arm of the couch. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. He just had his legs swinging yeah, over the arm. While he was playing, playing the game. You know, and he came in from work, and he's cussing and going off about things. And then he takes this plate, and he just drops it on the floor, and there's glass everywhere. And I was really calm, and I said, well, you know your son crawls around on this carpet. Why would you do that? So then that brought forth another argument. So I sent my nephews in the bedroom and I grabbed the vacuum cleaner and he starts trying to snatch the vacuum out of my hand. So you can't vacuum up the the shards of glass. Yeah. And then it turned into a full blown just fight. And my nephews, they hear us out there fighting. So my nephew was this a big man or is he what's his size? Um, He's about five. He's about maybe five, eight. Okay. Um, and so... So he, you're close in size, height. Because how tall are you? Like 5'4". Yeah, right. Yeah, so, I mean, and we start fighting. So my nephews come out the room, and they're ready. And I'm like, now nah, y'all go ahead in there, because if he put his hands on y'all, then his daddy... I mean, y'all daddy coming down, and it's about to be too right. much. So they go back in the room, and we, we fight them. And I had like this. Um, when you say fighting, what does that mean? Like, color it for me. Like, um, he's slapping, I'm punching, he got my hair, like, try to put my arm back. And I end up, I had like this kind of like a decorative bowl uh-huh. on my table. I picked that thing up and just bashed him across the head, and I did not stop. Somebody called the police on us. Was there blood? Oh, you know, it was blood, and my baby was crying and screaming. That's what made somebody call the police. Uh-huh. And then the police had been outside. Um, in our backyard, they had just been listening right. to what was going on, and then they came and knocked on the door. So was somebody arrested? Uh-uh. No. They so didn't. y'all standing there bloody? Yeah. 
he bloody more so to me. I had some scratches. They uh, they did, you know, they made sure everything was okay. They asked if anybody wanted to They didn't ask charges. him to leave? Oh, I, I made him leave. He was leaving regardless. I called his mama said, come get your sound. Otherwise, he's going to die because I'm not about to do this. I can't do it and my child sitting there screaming and they were like you know the officers I guess they kind of understood you know the domestic thing but they wanted to make sure the kids were okay so did that, that initiate okay. the separation oh yeah I threw all that stuff out there so that was the beginning of him leaving yeah so he never moved back in after that no and so from that point to the actual filing of the divorce paper papers how much time had elapsed do you know um, let's see. That happened in July. I filed them papers by December. And then when was the divorce actually final? Because I know you it said... It was like about two and a half, three years later. Oh, wow. Because you have to go through the parenting classes, and then you have to get on the court docket. And then um, there's mediation involved. And do you have to be separated for a year or a certain period of time? Not that I'm aware. It just took a long time for them to actually go through and I think it varies by state. Yeah. Because I think in some states you have to be legally separated for like a year. And then the parenting classes, they aren't as frequent as I thought that they would be. Um, like at the time I lived in DeKalb, but I went, I had to drive to Cobb just so I can get to a parenting class. So what were these parenting classes for? Um, They... Because you have a kid, they want you to learn to work together, not use the kid as a pawn. Mm. Um, so it's in, pre- pre- in preparation for a divorce? Yes. Okay. So when they call them parenting classes. Because it sounds like, you know, when you're about to give birth to a baby. Like, yeah. But okay. no, they, you know, they go over some of the things that you're going to go through. The other pa- or the parent dating. How do you handle that? Mm-hmm. Exchanging um, the kid and yeah, stuff like that. things like that. Uh, sticking to the schedule. Like, in our uh, divorce decree, I'm supposed to get him for holidays and the even years. He's mm-hmm. supposed to get him the odd years. But, you know, we after the divorce, um, I moved to Ohio. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, you can come get him. And, and did he? No. Sometimes I would, I would drive down because I knew how much he missed his dad. So I would arrange either a flight or I would drive him down and turn right back around and come back up for work. But I initiated everything. It was mm-hmm. like, um, in my eyes, once he and I divorced, he, to me, he divorced his son. Does he have other kids? No. I only kid. But, you know, it's, it was, but, and I don't know, I, I think this is the petty part of me. And I don't even know if it's the petty part of me. It bothers me when I see him bragging on our son's accomplishments when I know you didn't put forth you're not there to participate in it not even participate you haven't helped you haven't helped to shape to help to mold any of this mm-hmm. but you want to brag on it that bothers me and I know it shouldn't because it's so petty well, it's so listen, minute. but I understand it though because again when my parents divorced my father similarly would do the same kind of thing um, he was sending child support but then, like I said, when my 18th birthday rolled around, he thought that that was his time to stop mm-hmm. until my mom reminded him. And so he continued sending the pay, you know, the child support. But during that period of sending it, like he did it very much so begrudgingly because he didn't want to have to send it. And like he and it put a strain on our relationship because he oftentimes would say to me, Craig, just just write a letter for me so that I can take it to the judge write a letter saying that you don't need me to send the child support anymore. He said, I'm still going to take care of you, but I just want to send it directly to you. Like, he had this issue with having to send it to my mom. But see, by the time I was in college, 
my mom would put the money in my account. Now, when she first started sending it, when he first started sending it, I was in the ninth grade. So I didn't even know I was getting child support. So from ninth to twelfth grade, my dad was sending child support. He first began sending it. And it wasn't until I was in the 12th grade that my mother told me that I was getting it. And I, because I was about to go to college, she said, listen, I'm going to put this child support check in your account every month. It's this amount. This is the date or around the date that it comes. Sometimes it's a little early. Sometimes it's a little late. <laughs> so she said, so you need to make sure you budget your money because do not call me for anything. Right. I'm paying the tuition right. and the phone bill in your room. Don't call me for nothing else. And so that really taught me how to budget my money. But my father would, over, over, the, over the four years or the first two or three years of college, he would always say, Craig, write a letter. Like we would have these conversations. And finally, I'd had enough of it. And we ended up having a falling out. And we didn't speak for probably a few months in, while I was in college because he kept trying to get me to, I thought he was trying to be deceptive. And he was just like, I don't want to have to send it to her. I said, listen, all you need to know is I get the check. Right. And he was like, well, how much do you get? And I was like, well, it's this. Okay. I'm like, so, so what, are you, what is the problem now? I'm telling you that I get the full check. She's not taking anything out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, what is it that you want now? So during that time, that period that your parents were getting divorced, did your, did your dad know you? Oh, absolutely. My dad has always been in my life. He's always been in my life, but it was something about the process of divorce that caused our relationship to shift. We were good all the way through high school. It wasn't until I was about to go to college. And again, it was up until that point where he thought he was done. He thought at 18, that was it. Mm. But again, had my mom not had it put in the divorce papers, he would have stopped. He would have stopped sending that child support. Now, I don't know how supportive he would have been after, you know, it stopping. And like if I was, because I'm my father's only child. Mm. So I don't know if he would have continued to send me money, but I don't know if it would have been as consistent as sending me a set amount of money every month. Right, right. But it, it was something about the process of the divorce that changed our dynamic. And for years, I had to work on that. I had to work on repairing it because I resented him for trying to, I guess, detach. I, I saw it as him trying to detach himself from me financially. I felt like now that he was getting remarried and starting this new life, that he wanted to be able to focus all of his finances on this new life and this new marriage, despite the fact that I'm the only child, his only child. And I just resented him for that because, you know, like you said a moment ago, when I was in college, he was always telling his friends, my son's in college. You know, my son is down, you know, at Hampton and he's doing this and he's doing that. But I always felt like, listen, if you weren't sending child support, you wouldn't really be able to celebrate any of this because you didn't. He didn't pay any of my tuition. Right. The only money that he sent was my child support, and it got to a point that if I asked for anything outside of that, like like Christmas time might come around, or my birthday might come around, or. You know, just whatever. Like, because again, that money was my monthly expenses. It was for my laundry. It was for my toiletries. It was for me hanging out with my friends. It was for my transportation to get back home for Christmas break or summer break or whatever. You know, it was for whatever I needed. If I ever asked him for anything outside of that money, it was always this long conversation. And it always pointed back to, well, I'm sending child support. Ask your mother. You know, it always became that. And so I started to resent him. It really, really drew a rift between us that I had to actively work on closing. Because once they divorced, 
Once he and she divorced, he started to want more of my time and more of my attention. By then, I was already out of college. I I'd left college by then. But he wanted more of my time and my attention. And so I was living in Atlanta. I was away from home. I had moved away after college. And whenever I would go home for like Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, it was summer to visit, um, I would just go home sometimes. He would always want me to come and stay at his house. Now that he was divorced, he always <laughs> wanted me to come and stay at his house. And I always naturally would go home to my mom's house, right. you know. But he wanted my time. And I would be like, well, no, I'm just going to stay at my mom's house like I always do. You know what I mean? Like, all mm -hmm. of a sudden, he wanted me to spend time with him. And I just, I punished him right. by not spending time with him. You know what I mean? It was like, well, you weren't interested when... You know, you didn't give a damn when you were married, but I actively had to work on that. So then um, I started being more, making more of a concerted effort to spend time with him, to call him even, mm -hmm. to say, hey, I was just thinking about you, you know, what you're doing or, you know, I had to really do that because he was trying. He was reaching out and I just. And see, that's I think that's what um, in, in, in my situation, I think that's what la what's lacking. There is no reaching out on his end and I feel mm -hmm. like he doesn't hasn't taken the time out to get to know his son mm -hmm. what his likes likes and dislikes are in his head his son is this huge sports fanatic mm -hmm. and wants to play football now he likes sports but he's not he's not into sports he's he has a small little engineering mind that's what he does he picks it up takes it apart puts right. it back together and I'm like why not why can't you accept him? Like, he likes sports. He will watch football. Right, but he's not a diehard like yeah. his father believes. Yeah, that's not who he is. So has he ever stayed with his father for, like, extended periods? Like, maybe, like, summer or something? No. no. Mm. Um, when he does spend time, he might be with his dad for, like, two days. And then he'll spend time with his grandmother. Uh, he'll go to the islands for the summer. Um, but, no, I don't think So your son will go to the islands. Mm -hmm. But that's with his. that's with his paternal grandmother. Yes. Yes. So not necessarily with your with his he father. Does, he doesn't go. So yeah. they don't have like a a super close relationship. Uh -huh. and, but when they're together, I see it in his eyes. He's so excited to be around his dad. Right. That's why I wish it would just be more. He could give more. Do you think that he participates infrequently because he's trying to maybe punish you? It's not punishing me. <laughs> but and I and I I thought that I tried to make that clear to him. Mm -hmm. You not doing anything for him, that doesn't punish me. That punishes him. And it punishes, or it, it's going to affect the relationship that he and his son will have later in I life. Don't wanna, I don't talk bad about him. Mm -hmm. I let him make his own decisions. And he and I, we've had this discussion because he wants to know why we're not together. He still asks you that? No, my oh, son. Oh, your son asks you Why we're you not that. together. Can we get back together? He wants us to get married. And it's like, no, we'll always love you, mm -hmm. but we don't love each other. He asks us how we met, why we broke up. Like, these are things that he wants to know. And, A, I try to be honest. Well, I am honest, but not too honest. There are mm -hmm. certain things, you know, I'm going to have to wait until he's older for us to discuss. Right. But, um, yeah, I I let him know. It's, it's not going to happen, but we love you more than anything. How do you think your relationship with his father, i.e. the divorce, is going to affect the kinds of relationships your son will have? Um, and I ask that because I, when I think about little brown boys, mm -hmm. gay or straight, most have been raised by, by women. Yeah. Either their mother or their grandmother. Yes. So most 
little brown boys have no clue how to participate in a relationship. They have no demonstration of a relationship. So do you think about that? Um, I do. But I know that he's seen my parents work. Um, mm-hmm. my, my actual father lives here. And although he didn't have a hand in raising me, he's a much better grandparent than, than he, he was, was a, a father. Okay. Um, and at, even at eight, he has his own ideas. He wants, um, and this is a quote from him, he wants a wife. He wants four kids. He wants his wife to wear heels because he likes the way they look on women. He wants, um, he wants two daughters and he wants two sons and he don't want his wife to work. He wants to go out. <laughs> he wants her to take care of the home. Like these are things that he has actually right. thought about. And for an eight-year-old to have this vision in his head like he's told me he's gonna have multiple businesses Mm -hmm. he's gonna start off being a youtube celebrity and he has his page set up like he he has he when he sets his mind on something Mm -hmm. he sets out to accomplish it and there's no moving it so i think he wants what he doesn't see Mm -hmm. you know he wants the wife and the house and he Mm -hmm. wants his family together because he doesn't have that Mm -hmm. but that is something that he definitely wants now how do you see love going forward um, for me, I would, l- I love love. Mm-hmm. I do. And I love, um, I love seeing people in love. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll see it for me. I would love it, but I don't think I see it. Why don't you see it? Do you think you... Because I haven't even been dating. I tried to date and it's just not... So it's not that you don't think you deserve it. It's just that you just oh, yeah, don't I'm not, see it. I'm Right. I don't see it. I know that I am worthy of it I know that I should have it and I know that whomever that I end up with will be a very very lucky man but I don't see it so what kind of work are you doing on yourself in your singleness well I have had to take a step back I had to realize that all of my time my life is wrapped up in my son Mm -hmm. and I lost who I was Mm-hmm. And I had gained all this weight, and I've been working out and going to the gym, and mm-hmm. I got a trainer, and I've been working on my business plan. Um, I've been keeping my hair done a lot more, keeping my nails done, just taking a little bit more time for me. Whereas mm-hmm. before, it wasn't. This He was my life. Mm-hmm. And that's all I did. All you saw me in was sweats and my hair in a ponytail. And even my son would be like, you know, that stuff that you put on your eyes, why don't you make yourself look nice? And that's when I knew, mm-hmm. like, okay. Okay, so physically, those are the things that you're doing. But how are you trying to prepare yourself in terms of your character for a new person? And the reason that I'm asking that is because I'm a diehard fan of this show called Black Love. Yes. And I really do think that if there was a guide or a rule book mm-hmm. for relationships, it's that show. Because it gives you the best and the worst in relationships. Because right. it's just a docu-series of various couples, uh, black couples, mm-hmm. heterosexual couples mostly, but there have been a couple um, same-gender loving couples, lesbian couples on there as well. And they talk about the ebbs and flows of relationships, the things that they learn. But when, you, when I ask you that, it made me think about this woman that's on this current season, and she's, she was a single mother. Mm. And she was used to raising her son alone. She met a man. They ended up having a kid together. And they got married. I don't know if they got married first or, or not. That's not the point. The point is they ended up having a kid together and they, they, they got married as well. So she was used to having her son. I think her son was probably eight or something. 
and she was used to relying on herself, depending on herself, doing all, doing it all herself, so that when this man came in, she didn't know how to share the responsibility yes. of being a parent. And he often said to her, you know he's my son too. Well, I think... You know he's my son also. Absolutely. I am his father. You know, because she was used to just, used to just making executive decisions. Yes. And he had to kind of nudge her. Listen, I know that you had to do this on your own for your first kid, but I'm here now. Like, and, and I have a say. Right. So well, how think, are you preparing? I think, okay, so let me let me say this. I think I started off with the physical because in losing myself, mm-hmm. I lost my confidence. Okay. I lost... So I think that's a part of what can happen yes. as a result of a relationship. Yeah, because I didn't not have an identity. Yeah. I, I'm his mother, mm-hmm. always, all the time. Mm-hmm. And I have been actively working on getting that back. Mm-hmm. Being not necessarily being who I was before I before I had him before I met his dad, but getting some uh, more of that confidence, more of what it is that I like because I I had hobbies, but they weren't really hobbies. You know, it was just filling time until I had the next thing to do with him. Mm-hmm. Going back to the things that I like, and I've had to learn too. Um, I don't need to be in competition, and by that I mean um, in my first marriage. I felt like we were in constant competition with mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a teamwork thing. Even though we both work, we're supposed to be working towards the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was, oh, well, I done did this, 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 and this, and this. What you gonna do? You need to keep up with me. Catch up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that that is, um, that is a big thing. And I've even, I have a therapist, and my mm-hmm. therapist and I, uh, we talk a lot about, uh, she says, she told me I was angry. When I first started seeing her, I was very angry, not necessarily about uh, any one particular person, a series of things, a series of things and how things have turned out. Mm. And um, I had to work on that because I'm not when I first met her, I was I'm not angry. I'm happy. I don't need and And it didn't hit me until a couple of sessions later. You know, and that's the beauty of counseling. It though. is. That's the beauty of therapy it because is. you'll have these revelatory moments, yeah. not in the moment, but they'll come to you weeks later, months later, years later, and you'll just, oh, that's what that's what Absolutely. he or she was talking about. You know, and she gives counselor. me grandma realness because she's an older black woman. She gives uh-huh. me grandma realness, but I know what she says. She says it out of love. Mm-hmm. You know, and even. Um, Recently, she told me how proud she was of me. She can see that I let that chip off my shoulder go. Mm-hmm. She can see physically I'm happier. Right. You know, she said I just had a scowl on my face all the time. So, how did you find your therapist? Um, she was actually recommended by my primary care, who was also a black female. Okay. Um, and you know, I told her I needed to see somebody because I felt like I was slipping into a depression. Mm. And it's great that you had that self awareness. Absolutely, it didn't feel right. I didn't go anywhere. I'm in sweats all the time. All I want to mm-hmm. do is lay in the bed, and I didn't have anything that excited me. Those are usually the yeah. obvious signs of depression. And I love reading. I hadn't picked a book, and I don't know how long. Right. You know, and I just felt like I was overwhelmed. Like I was drowning in just doing a doggy paddle, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, just you know? existing, just getting by. Yeah, and she she gave me homework. So she said that you were angry about the way things turned out. It reminded me of this um, this term, this psychology or this psychological ter- term called magical thinking. Mm. When you pine over 
when you live in this, oh, this is the way things should have been instead right. of getting comfortable and adapting to the way that things are. Right. Like we get caught up in this idea of where we should be in our life, what kind of job we should have, what kind of money we should be making, what kind of house we should be living in. Mm-hmm. That's called magical thinking. Yes. And I think that that's where I was. Mm-hmm. And I was and I was so angry that things weren't working out the way that I felt they should. And part of the resolve, though, is realizing that everything happens the way that it should. Absolutely. Yeah. It, 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 everything happens the way it's supposed to. You're right exactly where you're and supposed to be. And I feel lighter. Like, I don't yeah. feel like I'm carrying that around anymore. Right. You know, um, you f- and I... I know for a lot of women, when we do get stressed out, we feel it all in the back of our neck and our mm-hmm. lower back. Like, you feel it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel it anymore. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you would say to anybody that may be deciding or thinking about divorce or going through the process of it? Um, I would say I'm a list person. Make a list of your pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Um you have to be you have to accept it accept that this is what you're going through but also know that there is life after divorce it yes. is not always walking through the fire eventually you will be sailing in the sky so like it'll work out it's not always going to be easy, but you'll definitely make it through. Thank you for listening to this podcast and every podcast. If this is your very first time listening to So Much To Say, please hit the subscribe or follow button. We're available for free in SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, wherever you can listen to a podcast. And this is the end of this season. Of course, we will be back. I'll make an announcement at some point to let you know when we're going to come back. But we're going to take off for for about a month, okay? And then we're going to come back. So this will give you time to catch up on all of the podcasts that perhaps you missed. And if you're caught up and up to date, this will give you time to go ahead and share some of your favorite podcasts. Um, But most importantly, this will give me time to kind of recharge my batteries and get some other projects underway. So... Please be sure to share this podcast. Again, I thank you so very much for listening. Oh, and don't forget, every Monday through Friday, I will be live on my Facebook Live at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So although the podcast may not be happening, I will be live on Facebook. Be safe. Keep loving yourself.